babe. Say babe. Can you say babe? <laughs> You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast. The only podcast where we unpack the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. My name is Joel. Welcome again to the Theology of Music podcast. Those were my kids. Uh, that was Nora. She got the word babe from the show we watch called Bluey, which is a fantastic show found on Disney+. Plus. So if you're ever looking for a new show for your kids, it's fantastic. It's, it's such a good show, but one of the characters talks like that. He goes, babe. It's, just, it's a girl trying to act like a guy going, babe, love you, babe. And so... Nora copies that. And so it's just really fun to have her do that and uh, for her to to make those noises uh, and just to talk like that. So it's just fun. And and they love getting to mess around with my recording equipment. So anytime I get the chance to kind of use time up here and see if I can get some gems. There were some other things that they said, uh, but there was just too, too, it was too good to pass up her saying, babe. So there you go. Uh, Thanks again, though, for listening to this podcast and and going through the very beginning of this podcast, listening to my kids. Some of you may not like that. So, hey, thanks for sticking around. But others probably love that. And so thank you for loving it. So today I want to take a look at the song New Wine by Brooke Ligertwood, which was a request uh, from someone I know from work, but also um, is a, a favorite song of one of my best friends. And he would even call this a sacred calf for him. So him and I have had discussions about many songs. Uh, and about theology where they're in. Uh, but he especially loves this song and said, don't you dare come after my song. And I'm um, coming after your song. So I don't know what to tell you, but I love you. And I hope you still love me after this. I'm kidding. I know you do. But anyway, let's get into this. What is new wine, right? So that's even, let's just, before we even get into the lyrics, as from a songwriting perspective, when you write a song in your title, um, it's actually really it's difficult because you want to encapsulate the idea, the central theme in your song, but also give it some type of um, interesting title too. So it's not just uh, God of Wonders 50 times. Right? I'm kidding. But you know, like, you know, many songs have the same title. And so you want to have it have an interesting title that also pertains to what you're talking about. And it can be at times with which what people do, not even just in the, the Christian corporate worship circuit, but in just secular music, they will use a line from the song or hymns will often use the the repeated line that is that is often repeated in either every stanza or in the chorus uh, of, the, of the hymn. And, and so that's where you sometimes will get titles from. You also might just get, t- get titles from the theme of the song. So for instance, Revelation song by, not Carrie Job, but uh, I forget who does it, but uh, that song doesn't ever say Revelation song, but it is a song taken from the the song that is sung in Revelation, right? And so you get that. So this song is more of a mix between the two. It's not necessarily the theme of the song, New Wine, even though that it is about and references New Wine a lot, but I think it's more taken from the wording. Uh, and, and that begins, in my mind, a little bit of the d- confusion that can arise with what is this song really saying? So some might, some might not like what I'm going to say about the song, but I, I do think the song's a little confusing. And the only, the main reason I'm saying that before we get into the lyrics is because when I was doing research on the song, a lot of people were going to 
Luke 5, right? And that's when when Jesus is essentially saying, right, you, can you put new wine into old wineskins? No, because then the wineskins will burst, right? So this is where I think the song is confusing people. Not, not necessarily that the song itself is confusing. I know that might seem like it's redundant or uh, contradictory. So let's, let's look at Luke 5. So a lot of people, if not all the people that I've seen talk about this song, reference Luke 5. And they reference the latter part of Luke 5 where... where Jesus is answering the Pharisees who are talking about, yeah, hey, why are you eating and drinking with sinners and all that kind of stuff? And Jesus says, hey, I'm, I'm, it's not the people who are healthy that need a physician. It's the sick. Came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So that couches everything you're about to hear next in the scripture. He, he is... He is framing what he's about to say in what he just said with, I'm not here to call the righteous, but the sinners. And then he said, well, do, then they said, well, do, why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, yours eat and drink a lot, right? Okay. You guys are just fat and happy. Well, he says, there is going to be days to come, right? When I'm going to be away. Because he says, you you, you don't feast, or you don't fast when you have the the bridegroom with you right this the celebratory nature and culture within this this culture of the day right you don't fast during that time right you 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 enjoy having the bridegroom there but the the bridegroom shall leave and then you fast and so then he gave them a parable and he basically he says this so no one puts a new piece of garment on the old because what will happen is the new will make the old rip or or you don't put new wine into old bottles because the new wine will burst the bottles or wineskins and be spilled and bottles will perish but he says you put new wine into new bottles and both are preserved so what does that mean second corinthians five seventeen. right so in that verse it says if anyone is in christ you're a new creation the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here, right? So you don't put Christ in a old sinner, not redeemed. You put Christ in someone who has been redeemed by his blood, right? You don't put the Holy Spirit, you don't put you don't graft people into a new covenant that aren't even a part of this, right? So you don't, so it's essentially saying you can't take someone who is literally not in Christ and make them in Christ. Because they're not going to be in Christ, it's not going to work. It's it's the parable of the soil, right? You you can say you might be in Christ, but if you're not really in Christ, your life's going to fall apart. And so it's the same thing here. So Jesus, it's not we're not new wine per se, but really we are. We're the new wine skins. We're the new bottles. We are new creation in Christ. In this new covenant, places the new wine, which is Him, in us because now us as new regenerated uh, creation can house him in the third person of the tree, the Holy Spirit, right? We could not if we were not regenerated, right? So this, these are actually pretty deep theological themes. And that's the difficulty was, is, is if the song, right? If the song is really talking about this, and I, 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 I couldn't find a behind the scenes from Brooke about what the song is really about, right? Where did she pull from? And so a lot of people are pulling from Luke 5. And if you're doing that, I'm kind of actually, I'm surprised that anyone would pull from Luke 5 and go the route of, well, we're, we're new wine. Like, no, he's not saying we're new wine. He's the new wine, right? So 
so you have to it, that that cannot be the case if that is and this song's completely off base like it's just wrong you just, it's just there's nothing good in this song if that if that's in that in that sense if you it just did a terrible job of exegeting that part of the scripture right okay but if the song isn't about that so then then it gets a little bit more creative right so okay now what's more poetic um which is okay right so songs can be poetic songs can pull from scripture and then loosely through themes and principles use poetry to convey a theme that was pot was present but maybe not explicitly stated so you're inferring things from scripture in your songs now the 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 reason why I'm wary of that is because things like this can happen, right? You get people that say, well, I think it's coming from this, and I think it's coming from this. When when you're talking about God in song, and you're talking about who he is and his character and our relationship to him, you really do not want to ever leave room for someone to say, well, I think it's saying this. This isn't My Chemical Romance or The Eagles or whatever, some old song or new song, and you're, you're going, well, I think it's talking about this. And someone goes, well, I think it's talking about this. Oh, you sound so smart. I think it's talking about this. And, and all the while, that's fine because it's a secular song, and it doesn't matter really where you land in the end, right? A song about God, sung to God, needs to be clear because it's not just teaching theology, right? It's you, you. You don't want to further or bolster or foster confusion when it pertains to God, and so that's why um, even my my friend who loves the song would not do it corporately, and I, I would not do it corporately. I mean, that's my verdict. I would never do the song corporately, and I've told you that before with songs. I don't do songs corporately that already are confusing or divisive, right? So, in the past, right, one of the biggest ones. I still haven't done the song. But reckless love, like everyone wants to bash reckless love for the reckless part. And then some people want it now. I guess it's cool to bash the whole leaving the 99 because it's not a good interpretation of that exegesis of that parable. Um, Cool, great, right? The reason I never wanted to do that song corporately was because it was divisive from the get-go, from out of the gate, right? You would automatically have people and some would say, well, I don't think your church is going to be like that. Okay, you, you said that like a year or so ago. Look at our culture now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, look at look at the outrage in the church and outside of the church over anything. Drop of a dime, there's outrage, right? If the dime drops heads, someone's going to be upset. It dropped heads and not tails, right? It's it's it is. We're so primed. So even then, I knew even if people didn't agree with me, I knew if I did that song, Reckless Love. I knew because of its divisive nature, because it was confusing in ways and unclear in some and ambiguous, right? People would pull from it what they thought was right, and then that would put them at odds with others. And that's not what we want to do in song. The gospel is divisive on its own. We don't need to be divisive. That's what scripture says. Scripture is very clear. The gospel is going to be offensive, right? Don't don't make it offensive because you're offensive. Let it be offensive on its own. And that's what I think songs need to do. They need to be clear so that they can be the things that impact the heart and mind and soul of the person singing them and hearing them, not you and your interpretation of the song to which you might say, well, Joel, what are you doing right now? Fair point, right? Touche. But what I'm trying not to do is I'm not 
I'm not sitting up here saying I am the expert, the, the end-all, be-all, the penultimate of theological scholars in song. No, but I, I do believe from the, my life experience and the experience within the church as, as a pastor and in songwriter, I, I really think that I, I have a good perspective to give, not to say that I'm completely always right. And I love to differ with people. I, I, I want you, and I'm hoping to have some people on my podcast soon, who I differ with and to show you that it's okay to differ with people. But back to the song, right? So so this song is more poetic, right? So okay, now from that, I know it's taken a little bit, but trust me, I'm gonna get through this. So now from that perspective, let's look at the song. So the verses talk about in the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine, right? So that's, that's the process of making wine, wine press, right? Do you ever seen that old video of the lady who fell out of the wine press and was going, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, right? You step on it and you step on it, and you step on it, and you step on it. that's how you make wine. In the soil, I now surrender, you are breaking new ground, okay? You, what you should be getting from the song as we continue is sanctification focus, which is actually something that I, I love in songs that I've always looked for in songs is some type of sanctification focus. And this song is really just sanctification, right? So I yield to you and to your careful hand when I trust you and I don't, I, I don't understand. I don't need to understand. Make me your vessel, make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing, but all you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Okay. First verse, pre-course, and first course, right? Really good, right? Really good if if your focus and your your whole goal is to teach your church how to view sanctification. Then this is great, right? I, I don't like the language of new wine, but I get where she's coming from. In the sense of a wine press, you you don't you don't make wine from any other process other than really other than the wine press, right? You have to do that. That's how you make wine. That's how you make new wine, not not wine that was old and you're making it into new. And so I think that's the confusion, right? People are using they they hear new wine and they think oh Luke five when really what Brooke is just saying is you're making more wine, right? <laughs> you're making you're actually making new wine in the sense that there wasn't wine before so now there's more wine it's new so that's where that comes from and so you're you're breaking ground you're my my life is soil i surrendered over you to break the ground and i'm yielding to you right as a as a field would yield to a farmer and the ground would yield to us and that's great language from the, in, in creation, when when the part of the curse was God said the ground's not going to yield as easily as it used to, so that's really cool how you can kind of pair that together. So, so it, unlike right the curse that has befallen the ground itself, we are as Brooke is saying, we need to yield. Unlike the ground does, we need to actually yield to His careful hand, to the hand of the great creator and farmer the one who actually creates and and waters and 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 plants and and then as a result as we produce fruit through him he is glorified and so even when as she says we don't understand I, it's okay we don't need to understand because we trust him and then the chorus is make me your vessel right he has made us a vessel if we are in christ make me an offering our our lives are supposed to be offering why does it supposed to be offerings that's, the scripture is very clear. We are supposed to offer up ourselves as living sacrifices, right? It's Paul. Paul tells us to do it. Make me whatever you want me to be. I I will tell you, I love songs that say, God, you do what you want, not me. Now, I, 
I, I hate though that there are so many times in the church that when people say, God, we sing these songs, make me, make me whatever you want me to be. Really, we're, we, we couch that with, but only in line with what I really want of myself, right? And I, I just, we got to get over ourselves in that way. We really do. Because as the course continues i came here with nothing we we have nothing i that was something i used to pray and actually now just thinking about it i I stopped i don't know why i stopped praying but i would i would say like i am nothing without you lord and i have nothing without you and i would thank him for that you know what i'm gonna start praying that again thank you listener for reminding me and then it says but i but you but all you have given me jesus you Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Okay, so I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, right? What we have all from him. So Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Okay, so what this song is saying is, I I need to be, because it repeats, I, I need to be willing to receive discipline, right? You know, scripture's clear. A father only disciplines those he loves, right? And so in my own life, especially with everything that's happened in my life in this past year and this season that we're in, the Lord has disciplined me, right? And and I need to not look at that as, well, that was just frustrating because blah, 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 blame people, blame other people, shift the blame, right? No, I need to enjoy, and I said that correctly, I need to enjoy the discipline of the Lord because in that he is making me more like him. He is crushing and pressing, right? It's not, it's, that's a violent process of making wine. It's not like you just gently squish the grapes and there's wine. No, it's you are you're crushing and you're pressing and to 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 yield fruit from the soil and and things from the soil. You have to destroy what is on top. You have to create holes and and gaps in the soil and then you pile on the the soil that you have tilled around, right? I mean, this is a violent process. And so when you ask God to make you something more than what you are now, right? You, you To make you more like him, to make you, in quotes, new wine, what you're actually asking him to do is to discipline and to harm you and your pride and your view of your life and your desires for yourself and your selfishness and your greed, right? And he is going to, as as the, the wine press, press that out of you or as scripture says, pull the dross out of when you're refining the gold, right? He is going to rip out of you, your sin. And it's not going to be fun, right? He's not going to use fun times for that to happen. He does not use typically these mountaintop experiences at camps and at church even to, to, oh, I just feel the presence of the Lord. And I feel like I'm new wine now. No, he uses your day to day when you are supposed to be loving your spouse or your kids or working well. He uses those times for you to really let him pull out of you viciously, right? Your sin, because it has to be, right? You, it's because here's like, if you want to reference back to like Luke 5, if he were to try to put new new uh, wine, right? Or a new garment on an old garment, right? It would rip it apart. You, ca- We cannot handle without Christ, right? The reality of our sin. But in Christ, right? He he makes us new and then he himself inserts the newness in us. And so because of that, now we can be created anew and, and, and be conformed to the image of him, right? And to be transformed by the renewing of our mind every day, right? So so when we get to the bridge and it says, because where there's new wine, there is new power, there's new freedom and the kingdom is here. I lay down my old flames to carry your new fire today. Okay. The, the old flames doesn't make sense. 
that's just very poetic. Okay, so that would one of the reasons why I wouldn't do this corporately. It's just confusing. And then the new wine with new power, new freedom. It, it's hard to kind of one to one make that connection. So a lot of people might have a hard time looking at that and going, oh, okay, I understand what that means. That, that's a difficulty with the song. I I I think you know what what they're trying to say there is because we're new and where we are being made new by sanctification, right? And I'm saying it with gritted teeth because it's hard. Sanctification is not easy. There is new power in the sense that you have victory over over sin, right? You are supposed to be um, um, moving more towards in line with God's desires, right? As Psalms say, you know, I'm hiding my word, your word in my heart so I may not sin against you, right? So the goal is each day you sin less like you did the day before because you and your desires are being more conformed to God and his desires, right? So the, in, not in you yourself is their new power, but in your life, who which is now looking more like Christ is their new power, right? And there's new freedom, right? You're fighting freedom from sins that you used to, to be enslaved by, right? And so songs that talk about chains breaking and stuff, I'm always wary of because chains don't always break in the sense of yes god gives you freedom from he you you are free from addiction in the sense that you are free from the consequence of of what the addiction meant for you eternally right addiction has no hold on your identity because your identity is not now is not an alcoholic or 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 pornographer right kind of thing it's it's it is a saint in christ right and had this conversation with someone at the gym the other day, or as, as some still say, the box. Actually, I, I still say that, a CrossFit box, but whatever. So someone was talking about, um, you know, they had a conversation with their friend, and they said, you know, we have to stop saying we're sinners. We're saints, right? We're, nowhere in the scriptures does it say if you're in Christ, you're a sinner. And they were, they were bringing it up because one of my tattoos is a quote from Martin Luther, which talks about, um, it says, uh, simul justu a peccator. I think I pronounced that right. And it basically is saying that I'm simultaneously a sinner and justified. It was this turning point in Martin Luther's life where God revealed through Romans and through Paul that we are not justified by works, but we're justified by faith alone through grace alone. And and the reason why he said I'm simultaneously a justified and a sinner is because for the longest time he wrestled with how he continued to sin and how, what does that really mean? If How is he in Christ? How am I in Christ if I'm constantly still wrestling with sin? That was his, his dilemma. And then God said, no, you are saved, but you still wrestle. That's okay because I'm making you more like me, right? And and that's what this, this song should help you see is you are, yes, you are you are you are identified as a saint in the sense that you are now you're no longer identified as a sinner doomed for hell and destruction you are identified by christ you are christ you're under his name his banner now that you are in him but that doesn't mean you are saved from the influence of sin just the consequence the eternal consequence of sin and so as the song says you we need to be broken and pressed and crushed and then god will use us for how he would like us to be used and, and I love that about this song. I think this song is great for that. And I do believe this song is wonderful for personal devotion, but you really need to know what you're singing, right? My wife would often, um, in the middle of this, the, the, the really hard season that we had, uh, I was praying for God to refine me because I really liked that song, Refiner by Maverick City. And she said, stop saying that. <laughs> stop, stop, stop asking to be refined. I'm sick of being refined right now. I need a break. Um, and she said it in joke, but I totally get it, right? You know, it, 
it is exhausting to be refined because it's it is destructive it's violent it is not sitting at home or by a pool just reading script reading a book and just enjoying the sun all the time it is oftentimes looking at your spouse and knowing that you have to die to yourself and your spouse may not give you anything in return that's sanctification that is letting the lord do what he wants to do with your life it's looking at your future and not going, okay, here's my plan. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. It's saying, God, okay, what do you want me to do now in this moment with my finances and my relationships and this? And then going with what he has revealed to you through scripture and through community, right? It is submitting to the local church even when you don't want to. Here's another one, right? So this is a big one for me in my life. And I promise this this will be the end. But this is something that the Lord's been doing a lot in my life. Um, and this song kind of reminds me of it. So I'm, I'm in counseling because, one, I used to be a counselor. And I also I view counseling as beneficial to everyone. But we also went through a crazy time. And one thing my counselor said was, he was referencing Philippians when Paul talks about, you know, do the whole be joyful about everything. But before then, he kind of references this kind of squabble going on in the church. And he says, hey, help these two ladies to agree in the Lord. And before then, in, in chapter two, he says why we're supposed to be doing that. And he essentially says this, that we have a kindredness in Christ. And because we have a kindredness in Christ, we should not be, we should not be bitter towards each other when we're in Christ. We should not be, be prone to these disagreements that cause issues, right? That's, that's where he's talking about in Timothy. And, and he's constantly referencing, like, we, we, we should not just constantly try to win arguments or we shouldn't constantly try to be at odds. This is the whole outrage thing that, he's, that I'm talking about that it's so frustrating to me. And what my counselor was saying was, no matter what happens in your life, in your relationships, right? If you are in Christ and they are in Christ, there still is a precious kindredness that should not be neglected. And that's a hard thing to think about because so let's say someone really wronged you listener they they did a lot to you, something terrible to you or they just they lied to you and you don't really like you can trust them here's the thing if they are in christ there is still a precious kindredness with them and to hold bitterness and to to withhold grace and love right to in your heart towards them would be to look on your kindred precious kindredness in Christ and to say, no, that's not really there. And then what you're doing is you're putting yourself over the Lord and over Christ and saying, I know that you saved this person that they're in you, but their value and my relationship with them in you holds is, is lower than what you say it is. And so we are, we are circumventing God through his grace and putting ourselves above him and his sovereignty. And so with this song, I hope that there, this song, or even just this podcast, and you can listen, t- totally listen to the song, please. I hope you do. And I'm, I am going to start doing that. I'm going to be better about doing that as we kind of ramp up for these. Um, but I, I hope that the Lord is convicting you. There might be something. There might be something in your life where you need to, to handle, and you need to reconcile with someone, or you need to confess sin to someone you can trust, accountability in the church, a pastor, someone like that, that you really have been wrestling with but you have not let the lord take right you're holding on to something you're holding to pride or 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 some idea that you have of yourself and your goal for yourself right you need to let that go 
And I hope this song reminds you, this isn't just a let go and let God, and I'm just going to write something in calligraphy, and it's going to be great. It is hard. It's part of it. It's it's looking at your life and not saying, it's, it's, for example, I, I used to know a bunch of, um, I have friends that are Christians that, uh, that cuss and used to cuss and often a conversation would be like, well, it's not, it's just a word or whatever. Who cares? It's God doesn't really, it doesn't really care. He knows my heart and I'm not like, it's not hurting anyone, all that kind of stuff. And it's not looking at your life as a, as a series of things for which God will take away, but it's looking at your life as nothing, as the song says, and everything that you have is his. And so my tongue, as James says, is, 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 is a powerful force, but it's not even mine. It's the Lord's and I need to give it back to him in the best way possible. That's why we don't cuss. That's why we don't use coarse language. That's why we are guarding our minds and our tongues. It's not because we want to look good or because we came from a legalistic church, like I've, I've said in the past. It's, it's because we want to give back to God what he deserves, which is the best, right? So just to close, I, I hope that this encourages you and, and, and I hope you do enjoy this song as, and I hope you sing it you know, not necessarily in corporately because I don't think it belongs in corporate worship, but I think it's a good song to listen to if you understand what it's really saying. Uh, and, and lastly, uh, so I started an Instagram page for Theology Music. It's the same name, Theology Music. Uh, so please go follow it. I'm going to start posting uh, not only um, videos uh, and clips from the podcast, um, but I'm also going to post um, the song that we're going to be singing uh, in, in it's in a clip form too. So I'm, I'm or at least like a link, I'm, I'm going to share it in, uh, or like a Spotify link, something like that. I'm, I'm basically going to give you a, a preview the week of, of the song, right. And, and, and in a post going to say, Hey, this is what we're possibly going to talk about. Um, and, and then obviously the podcast, and then I'll post a clip afterwards or, or before. Uh, and so I'm hopefully going to utilize this Instagram more to help with the podcast and exposure, not because I want to make it, but just because I want more people to have this opportunity. And I also am sick of posting it on, um, my, my Instagram, I'm still going to post it on Facebook when, uh, to my Facebook, cause there are a lot of people that follow it through Facebook. But, uh, if you can, yeah, please follow this, the, this podcast on Instagram, share it with your friends, please. I mean, that would be great. We appreciate it. I, this podcast to me, is just such a blessing to me. And it's been a blessing to see a lot of people engaging. Um, I'm consistently getting a lot of engagement. So I appreciate that. And, uh, I just want to kind of now house this on its own in its own little social media kind of world so that's why i'm doing that so but anyway if so now if you ever have any questions you can always submit them at theology and music at gmail.com or you can just dm me on instagram and uh, let me know a song that you want but dm me through theology and music not my uh instagram so anyway hope you have a great day hope this this podcast has encouraged you and, and challenged you and i hope you have a wonderful time worshiping uh, as a body as the bride in corporate worship this coming sunday so with that, uh, thank you guys again for listening and see you later.